please be seated. There is a spiritual truth that humankind was created in the image and likeness of the Most High God. Despite what we see going on out there in the natural world, despite the horrific things people have shown themselves to be capable of, we were created by God to be whole, to be good, and not just good, the Bible says, but very good. We were created perfectly. And because we are created that way, we are deep down in the very center of our being a people who are drawn to the light. We are made to be people of the light. And our, our, the Old Testament reading this morning from Isaiah, Isaiah talks about walking in the light. He says, For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. See, Isaiah is prophesying here about the coming Messiah and the transforming of the world by the coming Christ. And so here we are on the first advent of the year, the very first Sunday of a new Christian year. And we are celebrating the advent of Jesus Christ to the world as the baby in the manger, which, as we know, will make ready for the second advent of Christ the King, who will reign over the earth and all its people. The light of the Lord, the light of Christ, is the light of which we are speaking this morning. The light of love, the light of truth, the light of understanding, the light of peace, the light of joy. And this morning, as we lit the Advent candle of hope, we are looking forward to the hope of Jesus Christ. Because we were made to be people of the light. Because light is a concept in the Bible. Well, it's really a major theme throughout. The light of Christ is a major theme throughout the Bible. The first verses of Genesis are this powerful passage of Scripture and contained in them is something far more powerful than just merely the formation of a planet, Earth, of the world, of the universe and the things in it, it's, it's about transformation of the Spirit as well. Listen to these verses. It says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. 
The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. Now, you can take that on face value if you want to, but I'm here to tell you that this is the Christ message. This is the Messiah in Genesis. Because each of us can experience this Genesis light moment, and as a result of that experience, we can become a new creation. The old things will pass away, Scripture tells us. Each of us, when we accept Jesus as Savior, experience this Genesis moment. We're transformed. The Bible says that His mercy and grace are new every morning. You see, in the, light, the new light of a new day, His mercy and grace are always new. Whatever you're dealing with in your life right now, allow the God of creation, the God of redemption, the God of light to bring about a Genesis moment in your life each and every day. You see, in the beginning before we know Christ, we're the ones who are formless and void. And darkness covers us as we are in deep below the surface of our sin. <coughs> But see, something happens. The Holy Spirit of God moves over the surface of the deep where we are treading like mad to stay afloat. Or is it just me? And just as we're going under for the last time as our heads are hopelessly covered by the dark, deep water of our sin, we reach up our hands and we cry out to God, Abba, Father, save me. And that's when it happens. God says to us, let there be light. And there is light. God sees that the light is good and God separates the light from the darkness. We're not talking about the creation of day and night here. We're talking about separation of our old sinful selves from our transformed, redeemed, perfect selves. See, the Holy Spirit reaches down into that deep, dark water and He grabs us by the hand and He grabs us by the heart and He points us to the light. The Spirit shows us the light and the light is Jesus Christ. In John 8, verse 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness but we'll have the light of life. You see, as we accept Christ, we too become light. Scripture says we are the light of the world. And when God sees us, when He sees us, He sees that we are now good. We are now through the light of Christ acceptable to God the Father. When He looks at us, all He sees is the light of Christ. When we decide to follow Jesus, we no longer walk in darkness, but we have the light of eternal life shining from within. And it says we are separated once and for all from the darkness of our former hopeless existence. That 
Genesis moment is the reason that Jesus Christ came to bring the light into the darkness of broken humanity. What is your darkness today? What is your brokenness today? Jesus has come to shine light into it. And now that He has accomplished that illumination of the darkness, now that He's brought the light into the world by His advent, His coming into the world, well, now it's our responsibility to spread the light. And Scripture tells us there's no time to waste. See, it's our time now to rise to the dawn of the new light, to the new mercy and the new grace of the new day. We have work to do before Jesus returns. There's much to do before the second advent. Paul gives us this urgent appeal in Romans 13, starting at verse 11. He says, Besides this, you know what time it is. How it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. See, Paul is saying to us very simply that we have to be ready for this second advent. We must ready ourselves so that we can ready others. When you think about it, how can we be a witness and a testimony to others if we have yet to get our own act together? Paul says, but make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-by-day -day obligations that you lose track of the time and doze off oblivious to God. If there's ever a season that lends itself to our being distracted, to dozing off when it comes to the things of God, it's this season. There's so many trappings of the world that have incorporated themselves, have infiltrated the message of Christmas. That it's easy to get sidetracked from the real meaning of it. But Paul is reminding us that dawn is about to break. And so he says, be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work He began when we first believed. And so he says, we can't afford to waste a minute. We must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence, in bickering and grabbing everything in sight. Boy, that's a Black Friday message, isn't it? 
Get out of bed and get dressed, he says. Don't loiter and linger waiting until the very last minute. Dress yourselves in Christ and be up and about. Be busily readying yourself and readying others so when he returns, we will not be caught napping. That's the message version of that scripture. I think it's, it's really grabs at the heart, doesn't it? Because nobody knows when he's coming. We know Jesus is coming back. We know He's returning. But we don't know when. And that's what the Scripture from Matthew, the Gospel message from chapter 24 is telling us. In verse 36, But the exact day and hour, no one knows that. Not even heaven's angels, not even the Son. Only the Father knows. The arrival of the Son of Man will take place in times like Noah's. Before the great flood, everyone was carrying on as usual, having a good time right up to the day Noah boarded the ark. They knew nothing until the flood hit and swept everything away. The Son of Man, Matthew tells us, the Son of Man's arrival will be just like that. Two men will be working in the field. One will be taken, the other left behind. Two women will be grinding at the mill. Do we still grind at mills? One will be taken, one left behind. So stay awake, stay alert. You have no idea what day your master will show up, but you do know this. You know that if the homeowner had known what time of night the burglar would arrive, he would have been there with his dogs to prevent the break-in. Be vigilant just like that because you have no idea when the Son of Man is going to show up. See, the thing about Christ's return is that when He comes back, He's bringing the light back with Him. Christ will return, will shine the light of truth on everyone equally. What does that mean? It means Christ's light will illuminate the admirable and cut through the darkness of the wicked and the ashamed. It will expose the honorable and the dishonorable, the righteous and the unrighteous, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Everything will be seen for what and who they are in the light of Christ. There's no hiding from the light of truth. And so doesn't it make sense then for us to be prepared? Doesn't it make sense for us to get right now with God? Doesn't it make good sense to settle your differences with God and with one another and start living as people of the light. Because that's who we are. We are people of the light, and people of the light shine the light of Christ into the darkness, just like a lighthouse leading the fallen and the broken to safety. How many of us know someone who is broken? How many of us 
are secretly broken. And so we have been given the task as the church to be the light, to be busily about the work of the kingdom, getting ourselves ready, getting our hearts right with God, and helping others to see Him and get their lives in order also. This is the mission of the church. This is our mandate from Jesus Christ Himself. It's the reason He came was to bring the light. And so we must be ready for His second advent. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our next song is Fill My Cup, Lord.